We're back on the rule of three. Uh, two comics, three topics, ten minutes each. The perfect podcast for your modern lifestyle. This is actually a, a, a repeat of a podcast yes, we did. it never aired. Yeah, A couple hours ago. It never aired. It never will air. Uh, uh, it, it's uh, The computers crashed. We had some technical difficulties. So if this episode is uh, extremely boring, that's why. That's why. Uh, later <laughs> in the show, we are going to be doing a, uh, a – we're going to be revisiting the idea of authenticity that uh, if you're a follower of the podcast, you know we talked about that last week. Very interesting topic, and it yeah. inspired another topic that we're going to hit in the third segment. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's really an adequate tease. It is. Well, I, it's I, good enough. It's. I, I, I think people. People. I think. I think we might have lost the audience. <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> right oh, they're going to the talk gate. about authenticity. Well, that's a cliffhanger. I don't want to change channels now. Yeah, they already said that this one might not be good. Maybe we should just uh, wait until next week. Yeah. Uh, no, this is going to be good because we're also going to be talking about uh, Bent's trip to Utah in the second segment. Fun and, stuff. Uh, yep. And uh, yeah, how we got to uh, how we got to shoot guns. Yeah. Uh, but the first topic we're talking about, and I think it's the topic on everyone's mind, is uh, the president pretty much told the entire G7 to go to hell. He did, and, uh, yeah. Got on a plane <laughs> to Singapore. <laughs> to meet Kim Jong-un, our new, our new uh, trading partner. That's our, we, our, <laughs> yeah, he's our, our new best friend. Our new best friend. We got him and Russia and China. And with that, or China, as he would say. <laughs> and, and who needs all these other trading partners when we have them, right? What the, what the heck do they have in North Korea to trade? That's I mean, right. I guess, if, I, I guess if you want to buy radios that are soldered to one station. <laughs> that, uh, the the official station, you, you can trade them. Yeah. And hostages, as we say. <laughs> North Korea has lots of hostages. That's one of the main trading things they do is trading hostages. So <laughs> They're the number one manufacturer of hostages in the world. <laughs> Just amazing. Used to, be, used to be made in Iran. That's how that used to be where we used to get our hostages from. But no, no, no North Korea has definitely uh, uh, shown up the Iranian, Iranian hostages. It's where we go to import our hostages. They lure them in with college tours or whatever. It is well. Iranian hostages are actually. Are, I think they're actually more valuable. I think. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think the last set that we bought cost around 150 million dollars. Man, that's some In good small money. bills stacked up on a pallet. <laughs> that's how you measure that kind of money by weight, right? By pallet. Take four pallets of hundreds. Franklin's. <laughs> so he's meeting him. He's me. Is it? Is that? Is that happening right now? Has he already met him? Is he? I think it's. Uh, I think. I think it's ongoing. I think it's. Uh, you know, kind of everyone's. Everyone's as nervous as uh, as they would be if they were choosing a new pope. They are. <laughs> Did you see the Fox News clip that ran through social media where the Fox News uh, anchor, if you call it that, I don't call him anchors nowadays, but uh, none of anybody. But they mistakenly said referred to them as the two dictators. <laughs> did you see that? Wow! Yet? No, no, yeah. I, no <laughs> she I accidentally is the two dictators meet. Like, oh, there you go. Whoops! <laughs> uh, it's uh, he probably called in the office for that. It's like, do you know what network you're working for? <laughs> do you not understand? <laughs> that's it's, funny. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that sounds like that sounds like something MSNBC would do. 
Yeah, it does. So what you want? You want Rachel Maddow's job? Is that what you're naming for? Is that what? Because uh, you know, Rachel, Rachel Maddow uh, doesn't have any viewers. So, and even then, she won't say it out. You know, outright, she'll imply it. But you know, well, maybe she does. I don't know. I haven't watched. But but anyway, the the, uh, the 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 scene that both Bent and I focused on. Oh yes, that was uh, 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 kind of amusing. Yeah. I thought it was amusing. Did you find it amusing or yeah. just, just weird? No, I kind of giggled a little. It's like, look, what? <laughs> he was funny. It's, uh, it, it's you know, the, the U.S. motorcade came out. And, you, you know, that's, uh, the motorcade is a is almost like a military machine. It comes out of the back of a, a C-1 transport. Did I get that right? I don't know. I don't know. Big plane. Uh, transport yeah. plane. Big plane. The, 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 the end of the transport plane opens in this train of armored vehicles that are actually painted to look like just nice cars but i mean yeah. they're 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 armored vehicles they are. rolls out of the back of the plane flags flying and uh heads to the hotel in singapore and uh, it's you don't know it's kind of a shell game too you don't know which one the president is in that's right you're right i i i forgot about that but it is a shell game right you're not sure he could be yep. in any of those none of those he could actually be driving the motorcycle alongside yeah. the mo- <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Trump driving the motorcycle. That's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, they only we, have we two have wheels. That. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> we, we have that. Uh, unfortunately, Kim has uh, uh, got something that his grandfather bought used. From uh, from from uh, Gorbachev sometime in the eighties, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, has not uh, has not upgraded. So, uh, uh, in order to protect him while he's uh, on his way to the, the the Hotel Singapore, I don't know the name of the place, but close enough, um, had uh, a couple dozen guys jogging alongside yeah, the, the limo. They, all the bodyguards, the jogging bodyguards, they call them. And they're all in suits and ties, like a like a, a, a parade entrant in like a some uh, Silicon Valley parade. You might see a bunch of programmers, or you know what I mean, like the dancing accountants or something. Or mis- they look like missionaries to me because they had the uh, white shirt. Mormon missionaries. <laughs> totally. But they're jogging. Sans, they're sans jogging. Bi- yeah, sans yeah. bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's poor Mormon missionaries. Yeah. It's oh, I shouldn't have dumped so much money on the suit because now I can't nah, afford, I can't afford bike. my bike. But they're all jogging. <laughs> Now, you know why they didn't give them motorcycles? It just occurred to me. They might have taken off. There'd be a flight risk. Every one of them. <laughs> you give them a full tank of gas and a motorcycle, screw this. And they're off. They're out. <laughs> Take off. <laughs> yeah, so they're jogging, so they're already tired, so they don't even have the yeah, energy. To... And actually, the the reason why they were there, my idea was, uh, you know, you know, Kim, we should probably armor this limo. It's, oh, how much is that going to cost? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's too much. Just give me two dozen people. Yeah. (laughs) Give me some people shields. Yeah. 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 Human shields. People people are cheaper than armor in North Korea right now. That's definitely true in a lot of places, but definitely there. Yeah. It's, I actually read an article, and Mm -hmm. uh, part of of the reason, part of the reason why he, uh, or or one of the, one of the uh, uh, sticking points for the, for the summit was, uh, Kim couldn't pay the bill, could not afford that hotel. The what? hotel that Trump, yeah, the hotel that Trump picked, he, he could not afford to stay there. Oh man! So, so actually, yeah, yeah, the U.S. had to. Act, hey, we're actually picking up his tab. 
Oh, so this is just an all paid, all expenses all, all paid, paid boondoggle yeah, yeah. to Singapore. <laughs> That's all. That's all this is. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, My favorite. Uh, uh, this is what I hope happens. I hope. You Trump... know, and you know he's going to order the lobster. <laughs> it's an order. He's, and, not yeah. gonna, he's not going to say, no, I'll just have an appetizer. I'm not really hungry. No, he's going for the surf and turf. <laughs> Full price. Highest. Of course, surf and turf spelled in nor- normally in uh, dictatorships are spelled with an E. Serve and turf. Ah, is that no. what you're saying? No, 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 I'm saying that they eat their they eat their people. Oh, <laughs> it's a uh, boy. Oh, the steak is really good. I'd like a surf alongside. Oh, with an e, not a v. A surf <laughs> and turf. Yes, and an Got e. it. An yes. e. Got That's it. That's a horrible. That's a horrible Ugandan joke. Yeah, well, or several <laughs> countries, not just Uganda. I think we need to spread that around. Okay, that's where but I was most famous. I was going to say that. Uh, what I hope happens is that Trump walks up to the wrong person and says, thinks it's Kim Jong Un. I think that would be the funniest thing. Is that bad of me? <laughs> and well, then, no. and then he no, said, because, we all look because... alike. I would love him to say that. I would just, it would <laughs> be the, so the, Trumpy, you know. <laughs> the, the ironic thing about that, and I've heard this mentioned before, is that uh, 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 Kim's fascination with Dennis Rodman is that he thinks he's been hanging out with Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one has the guts no to one's tell told him. him. No, he's not hanging out with anybody. <laughs> That's how this happens. <laughs> That's so funny. So uh, uh, we'd love to go into this in more detail, but uh, we are now at the ten minute mark. We covered it totally, though. <laughs> And we're back on the rule of three. Uh, this is uh, we're going to be talking later about uh, authenticity in art, yes, and, uh, and how that relates how that relates to Norman Rockwell. Uh, but in this topic, I just realized that this is our Father's Day episode. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Bent actually had a father and son bonding moment a couple weeks ago. In, yeah, uh, uh, in Utah. Yeah, it's uh, you and your boy went to went to Utah, and uh, your son is a Boy Scout. He is, and, yeah. And as a Boy Scout, uh, they they still, uh, at least in Utah, uh, still not not you know, he's not in Utah. What am I thinking? Yeah, it's in. It, it, we were in Virginia, but we went to Utah. Virgi- for this, yeah. yeah, but but at least in Virginia, they they, they still. Uh, I guess it's because it's the South. Still train Boy Scouts in how to handle weapons. And they shoot. They do shoot. It's, uh, I shot as a Boy Scout. For some reason, I thought they would not be doing that anymore. Oh, they are. Yeah, it's still. It's uh-huh. BB guns, then up to 22 rifles. So when we were in Utah, for a surprise, I took my son to a shooting range, and we shot my uh, father's old uh 22 Browning 22 pump action and then we shot Was it was it was a better was it better than the 22s the 22s that he uh, shot as a boy scout? You know, I didn't ask him that. I'll have to ask him that. Huh. He really enjoyed it, but then he quickly forgot about that when we then shot I shot an AR15. <laughs> and 
<laughs> yeah, you pull out you pull wow. out the black rifle and the browning <laughs> yeah. the browning pea shooter just yeah. kind of <laughs> like, Whoa, look at that. And that AR fifteen was it was fun. It was fascinating. We shot that. We shot a handgun, a nine millimeter SIG, and uh and uh the AR fifteen, not a lot of kick. So much so that I then said, Well, he can shoot one. We'll let him shoot that. And uh yeah, a bit more uh, <laughs> more powerful than a twenty two. It's not that's it. People, there, there's all sorts of guns in the world. There are all sorts, and some people don't. They really don't understand that that there's all on both sides of this argument that I, I bump into that. Like I had a joke a while ago where I said some people told me an AR fifteen is just another type of gun. And I said no, nah, it's not just another type of gun. That's like saying a tiger is just another type of cat. You know, they're not. It's pretty powerful compared to say. A handgun, but on the other hand, it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's like it's like shooting butter. It just yeah. uh, it, it just there's no so smooth. It, it it's uh, uh, the recoil is piped away and uh, used uh, used to eject the, the 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 spent cartridge and stick a new one in there. So it's uh, 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 just uh, I don't just know a, how it's, they it's use smooth, the recoil. It's this it's a smooth machine. Yeah, compared to like a, a shotgun is probably uh, it's oh. it's the difference from like a dump truck and a Lexus. Oh yeah, as far as the smooth, that it's such a a small recoil. It's very, it's not a lot of recoil. Of course, a twenty two to twenty three, which is what you, an AR fifteen shoots, uh, that two twenty three cartridge. That's not a very big bullet, actually. What makes it lethal isn't the size and amount of lead; it's how fast it goes. It's the muzzle. They call muzzle, muzzle velocity. Muzzle velocity. Yep. Muzzle velocity, which of course for rifles is higher because there's more powder. Or in the bullet, there's there's more grams per bullet usually, and there's more powder in the bullet. And and the barrel's longer, so the gases of the explosion have longer to transfer the energy into that bullet. It has longer to grow fast. And a pistol, of course, it leaves the bullet. All the energy escapes sideways in it. So you, typical pistol is you know probably only going like 900 feet per second, whereas the AR-15, I believe, is I think it's 30. Is it 3,200 feet per second? And so it's the velocity I, of the You're bullet. asking me like I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm saying it like I don't know because I don't. I'm not sure. But my, my nephews, both of them are gun experts. They're there with us to go over this. Or one of them was there with us to go over the safety of the whole thing to make sure it was safe. And they definitely know all about these guns. And uh, what I'm going to say is do, it's a blast. Do they know it a little bit fun. too much about guns? Was it uncomfortable how much they knew about guns? <laughs> No, no, I, I, I don't. Just the right amount of gun knowledge. Just the right amount of gun knowledge, and just I'd say right on the edge of just the right amount of guns, like obsession with. You know what I mean? They don't always talk about them. They, they sure. seem they're good. They seem like good boys. Although I can't predict the future. They can. Of any they, of can us, they can. But. They can do. They can do. They, they they can find other things to do on the weekend than go to the than go yeah. to the armory for the gun yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. They they've got well balanced lives. One of my nephews uh, has his own loader. He actually loads his own shells. He he has uh, he has a seven millimeter, which is a big gun, and the shells are expensive, so he loads he loads his own shells. This is going to sound horribly stereotypical, 
Yeah. But there there is just something so Mormon about loading your own shells. <laughs> it's very thrifty. End of the world. Put this in your food supply is what you're saying. Like exactly. over our year's food exactly. supply. Exactly. After the apocalypse, the, gu- the dick sporting goods is going to go away. <laughs> so, uh, but yet there's still going to be people that want to raid your five-year supply of food in the basement. Yeah, there's going right. to be Gentiles yeah. want to come want to come after your freeze-dried staples. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, got to yeah. You got to put up fruit and ammunition. You got to put them both up. Yeah. <laughs> he he loads his own shell. <laughs> somebody so, somebody somebody actually once told me they we, we were talking about what what do you store, you know, for the end times in your basement? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, food, uh uh, you know, ammunition and, and, and he said he goes, "No." He goes, "What you do is the stuff that people don't don't think that they're going to need. Yeah, yeah. What you want to do is you you want to you want to fill your basement mosquito repellent, c- cigarettes and coffee, <laughs> well, cigarettes, coffee, yeah. and good good top shelf booze. Yeah, well, because the- <laughs> those are, those are going to be the three things that nobody thought to put away. Cigarettes, and he, and he said, coffee, and booze. Yep, and, and of course, yeah, you will need a gun, and of course, you will need you know you would, will need a reserve of ammunition. Uh, in order to keep that gun worthwhile, you know, because because if you got if you got a basement full of Scotch coffee and in Marlboro, yeah, oh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna have a lot of people trying to raid your. Uh... <laughs> well, not Mormons. Mormons aren't gonna be after your <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking. Well, of. maybe like, the Mormons uh... don't need the gun because all they got is boring food. <laughs> but. <laughs> But with my both my nephews, I'm say, I don't feel I felt safe talking to them about guns. They know a lot about guns, and uh, it was fun. It was a blast, is what I'm saying. I'm probably gonna buy a 22 now. <laughs> wow. Even though I, I've been like I've been, I'm not necessarily uh uh against different types and ideas on gun control, at all, at all. But this shooting the AR-15 did put in my mind a better idea of what that gun is like compared to other guns I've shot shotguns specifically and how powerful those are oh shotguns shot, shotguns are just uh uh yeah you, you might as well might as well might as well have a muzzle loader yeah they're just i mean so... it's just a big explosion it's uh uh it's going to smack the the heck out of your shoulder especially if you don't uh, especially if you don't have it snug in there and yeah. uh, and, it, and it just uh, w- what comes out of the barrel is just kind of uh, uh, scattered uh, mayhem, man. It's just a big, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, just uh, see, uh, now, it's just hopeful. See, and I had thought, well, <laughs> helpful depending. <laughs> hopeful depending. and helpful, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you don't really you, you don't really you don't really have to aim a shotgun. You can be, you yeah. know, it's a, they they say horseshoes, hand grenades, and uh, uh, twenty gauge. Yeah. 12 gauge, 10 gauge, even 12 more. gauge, yeah, sure. But uh, that it does depend on who has the gun. That that's the thing. I think it all depends on who owns and is carrying the gun as to whether or not what it's going to do. And that, I think that's the real problem. I was thinking is uh, how do, how can we ever predict which one of us is going to lose it and go nuts? You know, we're all one bump in the head away from. Uh, Psychotic behavior. This is what we learned from Phineas Gage back in the late 1800s. You know that story, right? The guy who took the the tamping iron through his head, and then after that, he went from being a nice, upstanding citizen to just 
a sociopath for a few years until he finally calmed down. That was huh. back in the 1800s. We learned that you know human behavior has a a certain component to it that we can't just be talked down out of. You know, and right. Uh, the world is is the kind of place that'll drive people to do. Well, I, 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 I have a uh, uh, I had a friend that uh, that his uncle uh, fell down the stairs once, and uh, and after that he was never he was he was never the same person. He just uh, he just it was a complete personality, personality change. It's very common. I met a lady after a show who was talking to me once about her dad uh, having a motorcycle accident, then leaving his mom and going off with several girlfriends and just. Complete, complete flip. So my point is that that's why I don't know. We we can talk about the issue maybe later sometime. But uh, when it comes to rules and guns and laws, they are fun. I understand why people want them. But I can also, when I see what they do to targets, I can understand why you get nervous when your neighbor neighbor has a ton of them. It can make and you kind of nervous. And speaking of rules, yeah. segment of the rule of three uh if you are a regular uh, listener to the podcast uh and if you're not why not uh you should be yeah uh, you would know that uh last week uh in fact you can subscribe subscribe to the podcast on uh, apple podcasts or itunes uh, uh then you every week when we drop one because i don't i don't drop them as regularly as i should <laughs> <laughs> you'll know when there's a new one out there and if you if you were listening last week, you know that we uh, explored the topic of authenticity. It's a valuable commodity that uh, really doesn't exist. Not if but, it's yeah, it's not manufactured anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. it will. It's it's the opposite of manufactured. Yeah, and yet they it's manufacture sort of, it now. So it's yeah. sort of like yeah, it's sort of like matter and antimatter. It's uh, you put you put authenticity you, you manufacture authenticity it no longer becomes authenticity. That's right. It's yeah. It's anyway. And if, it this, was a and if this makes no article. sense, you are absolutely correct. And I think maybe uh, you can go back and uh, listen to last week, and uh, maybe we explained it a little bit. Um, however, uh, the, the what it did was it inspired Bent to look back at a story that he had uh, read about two years ago. Uh, about uh, a, a woman who remembered uh, a, a fond memory from her uh, childhood. In uh, spring of 1951, uh, Luana Lunan uh, remembers going to Springville uh, to the buy a painting. Yeah. Springville is, Art Museum. Yeah, this is from my hometown, Springville, Utah. It's where, oh, I grew up in Mapleton, Utah, but I went to Springville High, and we were called Art City. And we had a museum there that was kind of the big museum for all of Utah. And that – it was Draper Elementary School at the time, right? Yep. Yeah. Draper yeah. Park. And her name, Luann, she she remembers with the class when she's in ninth grade making a trip there so they could put together all their fundraised money and buy a painting to represent their class, their class's contribution to the art collection that hung in the school. 
Yeah. Which, which is an elementary school. Even though it's yeah. ninth grade, this is, uh, this is what they the did be, before they move into high school. Yeah. They leave behind a painting to remember the, the, Their the, class. the class by, which is a really weird. I have never heard of anything like this before. All over it, Utah, we do that. My high school did you, it, too. Which do you per, really? We will tap into that the second half of this little story. So the lady, she says her class was drawn to a painting of Ichabod Crane by none other than Norman Rockwell. And uh, I'll, I'll, we'll put a picture up of that. We, we, yeah. we also have uh, uh, we'll, we'll put a picture up somewhere so you, so you can actually see the painting of Ichabod. So they buy the Norman Rockwell painting. The class does. Actually, they talked him down to eight hundred dollars because that's all they had. So Norman. Yeah, they Rockwell, wanted twelve hundred dollars. Which which also I have to ask you ask about you the the, the Springville art. We have the Detroit Institute of Arts in Chicago. Or little bit, Detroit, little higher we have the Detroit end. Institute of Arts. We got the Chicago the, the Institute of Arts in Chicago. Yeah. Um, there are no price tags at the Chicago Institute of Arts. Yeah, this is this is not. Yeah, <laughs> this is, which, this is which, which, which again, which again, this is going to be the second time I did this. Sounds really Mormon to me. Oh, dang it! Everything <laughs> sounds Mormon to you. I don't know. <laughs> an art price museum tags. with an well, art Tim, museum with price tags. Why I'm sorry, hang I have never... the painting if you're not going to sell it. That's what my culture would say. What is the point? Why am I even looking at this if it's not for sale? That's if I can't own it, why bother? Yes. <laughs> Do they still have price tags? No, at, uh, there's no, this, no no. This was a specific 19, spring salon invited art. They bring in the paintings. They, when you go to the typical Springville Art Museum, no, they all don't have price tags. <laughs> They're not like selling coasters, and there's not a jewelry rack by the cash register. It's uh, – yeah. But they, they, this was a specific show. They would buy the paintings, and they were attracted to Norman Rockwell. They bought it for $800, and it, the elementary yeah, he school – wanted, he wanted – and it was actually Norman. It was actually yeah. – Norman was – it was a commissioned painting for Norman. He uh, he he put the he put it up there and put a price of twelve hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and, and I guess they probably went to the museum and they said all we got from our car washes and bake sales was yeah. eight hundred dollars, and they go well uh, Norman wants twelve, so they all wrote a really nice really nice yeah. dear Mister Rockwell the little kids letter. Did. Tons of little kid letters, yeah, and that little... sap he's as sappy as his paintings, <laughs> he's gushy and sappy as his paintings. He fell for it and he sold it. And now okay, the painting. Well, 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 let's go. Let's go back too. Let's go back too. Okay. Is that uh, a? It's 1951. The guy yeah. is still. You know, he's at the height of his. He's not. He. He. he he's. He's not uh, a Picasso. He's not, you know, at, at but, a stage in his life where he can do like one painting a year and yeah, sell it for a. He's bit. not. He's there still yet. an. Il- yeah. He is still an illustrator. Yeah. And eight hundred dollars at that time has got to be like it's eight thousand dollars now. It was decent. Yeah. It was. It's so not it's, horrible, so, but so it's, it's still. Right. So it's almost like you yeah. know, you're, you you and I are artists, and if somebody calls up and says, "Yeah, we we want this Saturday. We'll give you. Uh, I want twelve thousand dollars for that Saturday." And they go, well, we can only afford eight. We go, okay. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) 800 when it was 12. Yeah, come to think of it, I've been bamboozled. Anyway, Uh the the point is that the painting, now this elementary school has this painting that's worth millions of dollars. And they're not sure whether they should sell it or just keep it hanging in the library without proper security or insurance. 
<laughs> yeah, because the article came out and they said, "Oh, that's got to be worth uh, at least two million dollars now." Yeah. And then, and then, and then they came back, and the uh, uh, they, the article came back. Uh, uh, it's like no, that's worth article. Yeah. worth six to eight. Yeah. It's a follow up article to this. This is the other story that connects directly to my high school. Just just sitting there, sitting there next to next to a bulletin board with felt letters on <laughs> it's it. The little kids. <laughs> Happy Father's Day week, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just six million dollar Norman couple, Rockwell. <laughs> couple little kids that took the took the center out of a big pen and chewing up pieces of paper and just, <laughs> trying to trying to hit Ichabod and spit rotten at it. I'm, that, that's probably happening. That's probably they have probably shot spitwads at Ichabod, for sure. Every Halloween is probably something they do for a activity. Anyway, what I find amazing, this is how it relates to authenticity, is that the director of the Springville Art Museum, Vern Swanson, whom I may have met, I, I have met him. I, I had a painting in a show in Springville back when I used to paint in the museum. But anyway, price tag on it, of course, of course, yeah, sold one, sold one. Anyway. To a, to a school? To an to, elementary school? Yep, they sent me a letter. No, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen to me. But what this is, this is against the authenticity thing. Springville High, my high school, wanted to buy that painting. And they went to the city council, the council of advisors, and said, we want to buy this painting. And the city art council people told them, no, that's not art. That's illustration. <laughs> you should buy an artist's painting, you know. Real, authentic art. This is imitative. He just paints what people want to see. He doesn't have an individual, authentic voice. You know. So anyway, all this stuff. They advise him to. What's the name of the painting? Do you he have doesn't there? have. He doesn't have an authentic voice, which, which, which is weird. For probably he is probably the Mark Twain of American painters. Well, I guess in a way he kind of, he kind of, well. I don't know, because Twain was kind of a counter – he was a revolutionary kind of in a way. But the problem with it is that Rockwell did paint what a lot of people wanted to hear. He did right. – but he did it so well. The craftsmanship, yeah. the level. It's like it's, a, it's it's like I was looking when we were when we were doing this article. I was looking at some uh, so, some Rockwell paintings, and they're like they're like Vermeer's. The co the, the yeah. color, the color, and the, and the realism is and, the, the composition is like a Vermeer, but he's like a Vermeer with a sense of humor. A sense of humor and and a deep like he's lockstep with the culture of America, like the 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 uh, what do you call it? Just the the Pledge of Allegiance, apple pie, mom, dad, you know, all of the traditional culture he agrees with, where art at that time was supposed to be questioning all that all the time. And if you didn't, you weren't authentic. And we used to have this. Even uh, then, in, uh, I might add, even then in 1951, yeah. when, when actually you look back at 1951 and you wouldn't even think that people would would, would have that attitude. That was back, back yeah. in 1951. They would, they, you know, you think, you think in the 50s, you think that Ward and Jude Cleaver is like, oh, he's the greatest artist of all time. And they did, that, uh, but but the hipsters didn't want to be Ward and Jude Cleaver. Even at that point, there was already that huh. separation that occurred. Hippies, but these are Mormon hippies. This is a different kind. Of, <laughs> they're very different. My parents were Mormon hippies. They were. They would get together every Saturday, play flutophones and harpsichord and jam without any alcohol. <laughs> Or drugs, they would drink Pero. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like a coffee substitute, and have their music jam. But anyway, 
So they advised the city art experts, the locals that considered themselves experts on art, advised the high school, no, you need to buy fine art. So they bought this other painting instead for their $1,200 or $1,600, and it's now worth, like, I don't know, $1,800. Well, well, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. tell them I'm what. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm stepping on you here. So but funny. I, but, tell them, yeah. But I, but, but I have it. I have it in front of me. They bought an $1,800 painting that's worth 1200 now, is, yeah. is, so is, the, is I'm pretty sure. The point it is, was, uh, a little bit of knowledge, or what you think is knowledge, loses a lot of money in this case. Just their little pretension, their little, just how much money did they lose? <laughs> just so It's funny and sad. <laughs> but uh, Norman Rockwell, uh, in the art Oh, here, here we go, here we go, oh, okay. here we go. Uh, uh, I'll just edit all that out in okay. the meantime. I'm okay. just going to, I'm going to cut this short. Event. Uh, the, the, uh, the work that they, uh, that they actually bought, let's see, uh, it wasn't considered art. Yeah, it's uh, not art. Uh, it's they, not they, real so art. So they, uh, they actually had to go through the museum's basement archives to find the painting that Springville actually bought. That, uh, that, that the 1950 art committee gave uh, the, the thumbs up, and, and, and of course this was Springville, so there's a very good city. chance. Yeah, there's a very of course. So so it's you know where do all the artists go? I mean those are all these are all you know you get your you get your masters in art. You got to go to Springville. That's no, where you got to no, live. So these no, are that's not what no. <laughs> You don't think the Springville art directors all, all had oh, degrees in art? One of them. Art? No, the museum director would. But the others would sure. just be rich, the richer people in Springville who wanted to be sure. thought of as cultured who would then get on the committee and then make all these decisions about the art. In other words, it's people who knew nothing about art right. making the decision. Yeah. So, Thanks. yeah, so the, the, the thumbs up was a painting uh, called He Said, She Said. Yeah. yeah. And it's a... Modernistic painting by Ivor Rose, the Springville High students purchased for $800 and hung in the museum. Now it's worth $1,200. They lost money. When you account for inflation, they lost money. They lost a lot of money. They would have got that that, that, uh, Rockwell six million bucks. Well, they didn't think to write a letter to Rock, you, you know. By yeah, the same token, yeah. by the, 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 the a, it's not art. B, uh, we're not going to beg. Yeah, because that's not art. That's illustration. So, anyway, I, 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 it relates to authenticity to me. It it really does because who decided what was real art and what wasn't real art? And uh, bit of in the uh, yeah, it's the it's a, it's actually the closing line of the article. Which I get, which I, I guess we could, uh, I guess we could link this. But a closing line of the article is that when he was alive, he was an illustrator. Now that he's dead, he's an artist. Yep. <laughs> and now that it's ten minutes, it's a show. Uh, all the episodes uh, on uh, iTunes, on pod- Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can go to my website, timslegel.com, or go to bentwashburn.com and buy some stuff. Listen to podcasts. Yeah.